Riddle Me That is brought to you by Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast. Use creation tools right from your phone and your computer, and Anchor will distribute your podcast to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. And it's free. And now, your host, Alex Riddle. Riddle, 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 Riddle. What is up, everybody? You're tuning in to the Riddle Me That podcast with your host, Alex Riddle. On today's episode, we're going to be diving into some hoops, some NBA hoops, as the preseason tipped off last weekend. The Bulls had a couple games with the Houston Rockets, split the series 1-1. We will discuss what the future of the Bulls will look like this year. Are they going to suck? Are they going to compete for an eight seed? In the East. And what's going on with James Harden? James Harden didn't play either game of the series. He actually did play his first post or his first preseason game last night. But what is his deal? What exactly does he want out of this season? We gotta find out. And we're also gonna talk some NFL. The Browns and the Ravens might have been the game of the year. I don't think anybody was expecting that. Was Lamar Jackson taking a crap or did he actually have cramps? And, of course, we have our Ficked Cup Playoff Edition overview. It is down to the Final Four. Who will make it to the Ficked Cup? Who will win the Freak Bowl? Let's get after it. So last weekend, the Bulls tipped off their preseason against the Houston Rockets on Friday night. And it wasn't a good start. I I tuned into the game. I actually went home on Friday to see the rents eat some good food, spend some good family time. And I was like, yeah, I might as well throw on the Bulls. It's their first game. Turn on the TV. All I see is Boogie Cousins back from the dead, nailing threes, stealing the ball off the inbound, slamming it home. John Wall ticking to the hoop at will. Lori Markkinen, first pass of the year, throwing into the bleachers. And I was like, all right, we got Bulls basketball back. Just what I expected. So, yeah, they got blown out that first game. Wasn't their best effort. Granted, it is preseason, but... You know, I would rather would have seen, you know, Colby White draining, Lori Markkinen taking it to the hoop. Levine, actually, you know, he was he was good both games this weekend. Even the first game he got his shots and didn't play too much, but looked good as he always does. Uh, but a little, you know, concerning. I'm like, well, this is exactly who we thought they'd be. But then on Sunday, they played again, and they looked a lot better. Granted, James Harden didn't play either game of the series, which definitely helped, but the Bulls definitely came to play on Sunday. They beat the Houston Rockets. You know, they actually were losing going into the fourth quarter, but Archie Diakono with the newly addition to Bun on his head. I, I don't know how I feel about that. But regardless, he led the crew, uh, the second and third stringers to a victory. Patrick Williams, first game, looked awesome. You know, he was definitely the the highlight of that first shitty game for the Bulls. You know, Almost got a double-double. You know, he, he looked good. He had a couple of putbacks. Kind of like a Kawhi Leonard-type putback. You know, he had some good touch. He was active. But then the second game, he started trying to pop. And it wasn't too good. He was, I think, 1 for 10 from the field. But you know what? It's good to see that he's confident. He's going for his shot. It's his second preseason game. So I'm, I'm not going to hold it to him. But it's definitely going to take him some time to find his form and his shot, as it, as it does for every rookie. I'm sure, you know... 
He's going to get a lot of playing time. The Bulls, they start Otto Porter, who actually looked pretty solid this weekend. I'm not too high on Otto, but I feel like that Patrick Williams is going to get a lot of playing time. At least, you know, I think at some point I would love to see him in the starting lineup, but I don't think that's going to happen uh, this year with Otto Porter getting paid what he gets paid. But maybe the Bulls are looking to shop Otto Porter. I've heard rumors of that, so that might insert Patrick Williams into the starting lineup. But regardless, how do I feel after the Bulls' first weekend? I feel the same. You know, I I expected what I expected. One and one, I'll, I'll take him one and one, but granted, it's preseason. I don't really care if we win the game. I just want to see how my team is going to be. And the second game definitely gave me some confidence that the Bulls, they were a little sloppy the first game, but they definitely looked better the second game. So we'll see how they do in their next couple of preseason games. They have a few more before the regular season starts. And that's when things get juicy because the Bulls' schedule is not friendly. I think they played like the Washington Wizards the first game, which it's the Wiz, but they're a new and improved Wiz with Russell Westbrook uh, and and the squad. So not going to be an easy game. And then, you know, we play once January hits, we're playing Lakers, Raptors, Celtics, Blazers, Lakers again. You know, I don't even know. It's a lot. It's a tough schedule. I'm scared. But you know what? Having a team like the Bulls right now with really no expectations. I know every every year someone's like, oh, the Bulls going to be a 7 seed this year. I don't even think about that right now. I think that they could compete for a 7 or 8 seed, but the East has definitely improved this year. They were improved last year, so it's not going to be just a cakewalk. And at, at the end of the day, it's like, do we really want to make the playoffs or do we still want another draft pick? Time will tell. We'll see how Patrick Williams, I, I think he's the X factor, how he helps his team compete will he be you know the fourth pick that we hope he's going to be if he is things are looking up for the bulls down the stretch here's what i want to get into though what the hell is going on with james harden you know he's he he's been the storyline this offseason he obviously wants out of houston he has one out of houston you know his first trade destination was brooklyn then he said he was fine with going with the Sixers. I heard some rumors of him going to the Heat, maybe. But now it's getting to the point where it's like, okay, they, you're not just going to go where you want because teams you know, either can't afford you or they're just like, yeah, the Brooklyn Nets were like, yeah, we'll trade you. Or Houston was like, if we trade you to Brooklyn, we want either Kyrie Irving or Kevin Durant, which Brooklyn doesn't want to do. So it's not like you know, James Harden just kind of, just trying to work the system. You know, he didn't show up for his first two preseason games, didn't show up for training camp. You know, I really feel bad for the for the Houston coach. I forget his name, but he's a new coach for Houston. Uh, and he's kind of been put in an awkward situation. They're like, oh, what do you think about Harden not showing up? And he's like, well, it sucks, you know? And then they're like, oh, well, how do you th- feel about him coming back the first game? He's like, well, it's good to have him on the floor. He's our best player. So he's kind of, you know, he's trying to, you know, he's brand new to the system. He's not trying to get into a few with James Harden. But at the same time, it's like your superstar is not showing up to your your workouts. You know, he's your leader on your team. Well, he's your supposed leader. How do you how do you work that? Definitely a tough spot for him. But I he did show up and he looked good his first game. Uh, but here I I I get an alert today, and it was saying how James Harden he wants like all this special treatment. He wants like 
certain days that he can like get flights to Vegas. I don't even know. I mean, he's friends with all these celebrities now. He's you know, it's been seen that he's friends with you know he he gave little baby you know a, a ton of money and a watch for for his birthday for little, or for little baby's birthday. Also, give him like a shit ton of honey buns because that's his favorite treat or something. I don't know. Harden is definitely swarmed into the celebrity lifestyle, which is fine. It's not like LeBron's not swarmed into the celebrity lifestyle, but would LeBron ever miss workouts? A demand? You know, LeBron, to his defense, yeah, when he wants to leave a team, you know, yeah, he goes back to Cleveland. He he leaves it all out on the table. He leaves. I'm not supporting LeBron. I've been a, you know, I I like LeBron more now than I did when he was on the Miami Heat. Uh, I hated how he how he did that, how he, when he went to Miami and he made the game show out of it. But at the end of the day, you know, he was able to do that. Harden's just trying to be like, I want out of Houston. I don't want to be here anymore. But if I am going to be here, I want all these special treatments. So he's kind of just a prima donna right now. It's like, it sucks because he's so fun to watch. He's so good. But at the end of the day, he kind of just seems like a big dick. <laughs> you know, he's just kind of like, well, I'm going to be this guy. You can't do anything about it. I have lots of money, yada, yada, yada. I'm really – because watching their preseason game yesterday with John Wall and James Harden as your backcourt, that's a dirty backcourt. With Boogie Cousins coming back from the dead looking great, Houston might actually have something. So who knows what he sees. I would love to know what's going on in his head. But at the, at the end of the day, I kind of hope he stays in Houston. He's a good fit there. But we there's a lot of season – well, there, has, there hasn't even been a season yet, so time will tell where James Harden will end up by the end of this year. G-Force Spotlight of the Week. So we're going to hop right into our G-Force Spotlight of the Week, which is going to be the Browns against the Ravens on Monday night. I'll tell you right now, I know the Browns are an improved team and the Ravens are hot, but I did not expect to have a game like we had on Monday. We had Lamar Jackson shitting his pants, or so he says, cramps, uh, leaving the game when the Ravens need him most. Uh, They're down by one point. All of a sudden, we have Trace McSorley in our quarterback, uh, who's the backup, leads them down the field, ultimately gets sacked in the last play, wrecks his leg, Put on the IR, so you're like, okay, who's going to come back for the Ravens at quarterback? They have RG3 already out with an injury, so there's no Ravens quarterback on the de- on the depth chart. But all of a sudden, here comes Lamar hobbling out of the locker room onto the field, fourth and five. What does he do? TD, Hollywood Brown to the end zone. Unbelievable finish for the Ravens. But let's not... S- the game wasn't over. The Browns easily go down the field the next possession, score, tie the game. But then here comes the Ravens again. Lamar Jackson leads the team down the field. Justin Tucker, 55-yard field goal for the win. It was a classic Ravens Super Bowl finish when uh, Joe Flacco led the squad back in the day. They have a team right now. That I can see going all the way. Everyone's kind of ridden off the Ravens. Uh, you know, they were six six and five not too long ago, riding a couple a two game winning streak now with, with the win against Dallas last week, uh, and then Cleveland this week. I mean, they're right there, and if they are hot right now. Lamar Jackson, 
you know, everyone was saying, oh, you know, he's having a sophomore slump. Yeah, and he wasn't playing great in the beginning of the year. But just remember, it wasn't like the Ravens were getting blown up. They were losing in overtime to the Titans. You know, they barely lost to the Steelers. They were losing by one possession games versus the best teams in the league. So nobody wants to see the Baltimore Ravens in the playoffs. I sure as hell don't. I could see them making a run, and I would not be surprised if this year, because last year they were supposed to make it to the Super Bowl, lost first round of the Titans. I could see the the Ravens going all the way this year. They have the running game with Dobbins, Gus Edwards, a little Mark Ingram action, and their defense is good. And they have Lamar Jackson, Justin Tucker, John Harbaugh. They have the pieces to do it. Time will tell, of course, but I think with this Raven, this, this Monday night game looked like a like, like a wild card game or a first round playoff game. I I I like the Ravens, but I also like the Browns. Now, I don't have, honestly I don't have as much faith in the Browns as I do in the Ravens because they're still an inexperienced team. This is the best season they've had in millennials, and now it's up to Baker Mayfield, which who's been awesome. I I mean I've never truly been on the Baker train. But I see why people are. He's he's balled out this year. And, you know, you have Nick Chubb as a top three running back in the league. Right now he's running at will. You have Kareem Hunt uh, as your handcuff running back. I mean, they the running game is set. They have Miles Garrett on defense. Uh, but obviously, I think what it comes down to is their wide receivers. They don't have OBJ anymore. He's out. Your best receiver is Jarvis Landry and Hollywood Higgins. And you know what? I think... Down the stretch, that's going to hurt you because it's. I'm not the biggest Jarvis Landry fan. He's been having a couple good games, but I don't trust him to take over games. He's not that guy where you're like, all right, you're going to throw it to. You know, he's not like a DeAndre Hopkins where he's just going to make his own plays happen the rest of the game. He's just not that type of receiver. So, will their passing game be affected down the stretch? We'll see. But I think the Browns are going to make the playoffs, uh, and they're going to make it interesting for whoever they play uh, in that first round matchup. But I don't expect them to go that far in the playoffs because. At the end of the day, it's the Cleveland Browns. And you see how they lost? You know, they couldn't even cover the three-and-a-half-point spread. They had some some weird, bad karma going on in the locker room where whatever they do, it's just it's never enough to get over that hump. Riddle's rant of the week. My Riddle's rant of the week has to go to the fighting Illini. Illini, you let me down this weekend. I thought you were going to beat Missouri. You know, it was a huge game. They always lose in Missouri in that little crosstown classic series. And I thought this year, okay, they're a top 10 team. They're going to handle business against Mizzou. But they couldn't handle it against Ponytail Troy Palomalu. Motherfucker that's on Missouri that just does everything. A transfer from Evansville. Never heard of him. But he's making plays happen. And Asumu was the best player for Illini, but he also was the worst because, yeah, he had 35 points, but he was awful down the stretch. He was turning the ball over. He was missing point blank bunnies, missed a free throw. I love Illini. And you know what? I'm just pissed because I dedicated my podcast to I-L-L-I-N-I last week, and they let us down. But they came back yesterday against Minnesota and won by 30 points. You know what? They're going to be a Final Four contender this year in my book that doesn't change it just sucked to see him prime time saturday night but they couldn't handle business against missouri but missouri is now ranked 16th they've had some good wins they're obviously a good squad this year so not the end of the world not a bad loss but at the end of the day it is a bad loss uh for the wilton boys because we put a little moolah on 
Illini, and they didn't come through. So you know what? Got to put our money where their mouth is. But at the end of the day, Illini will be right there at the finish. The flick of the week this week, it's going to be Fargo. Not the movie, but the series. There's a series on Hulu uh, that came out last year, or two years ago, I believe, uh, called Fargo. It's kind of a spinoff of the original movie, but it's different. It's kind of like American Horror Story, where each season uh, is a new plot. But I'm only on season one, so I don't know if the same uh, actors play different characters or whatnot, or if it's the same characters. But all I know from season one so far is that Billy Bob Thornton is a bad motherfucker. One of the worst villains I've seen. Uh, My dad was actually talking to me when I went back last weekend that I should start it. Uh, My sister also recommended it to me a while ago. Uh, But this show's awesome. You know, it's hard for me to really explain on the podcast what's going on because I don't want to spoil it. It's kind of one of those shows where you have to see it. But there's some intense action, great plot lines, great characters, as I was saying. Definitely tune into Fargo. You won't regret it. My bet of the week this week. I hate to do this. I don't like the team. I don't think they're that good this year, but I do think they're going to win tonight. The Duke Blue Devils taking on Notre Dame. Notre Dame coming off a huge upset win over Kentucky last week, almost blowing a 23-point lead, uh, but winning by one point. Duke can't get a win right now. They've lost two tough games in a row. Uh, one to U of I and one to Michigan State. Both top 10 teams uh, to their defense. But they're going to a, to a Notre Dame team tonight. That's definitely going to be a tough test. But I like the spread. It's Duke minus three. Uh, the money line is also minus 140 right now. Uh, so you can either take the money line or the spread. But either way, Duke is going to win tonight. They're not going to lose three in a row. Coach K was bitching last week about how they shouldn't be playing in a pandemic. Duke hasn't looked good. I've watched both games. They just looked bad. Uh, even if it was against a top 10 team. But I think they're going to regroup tonight. Duke Blue Devils don't lose three in a row. I don't. I hate to be in the same category as Marty Most from Barstool. He's definitely taking Duke tonight. But it's Duke. I think they're going to win. Not, the, not, not I think. I know they're going to win tonight against Notre Dame. It is now time for my favorite segment on the Riddle Me That podcast, the Fickner Cup Fantasy overview for the best fantasy football league in the world see you later Seth Dvorak adios Rossiano you know who's the best come on Kloss we've talked about it it's us it's sad you know this is now the 14th 14th or 15th show that I've done this segment on it said that I never thought that I'm like, wow, like now it has to come to an end. And now we only have a few episodes left as the football playoffs are looming into the shadows. It's almost over. But this is the biggest witching hour yet. Okay, I keep saying that, but it's the final four for anyone that survived in their fantasy leagues. But in the Figner Cup, this one's personal. Let's get right to it. Last week we had some pretty intense matchups uh, around the league. There Obviously, there was a couple of buys with Lebo and I, but everybody else was fighting for their lives. Uh, and let's just break it down. So I want to hop into the first matchup here uh, that was not in the fantasy playoffs, but the consolation bracket. And that was the Minneapolis Mike Caputo's 
going up against Dan Fernandez, their son, uh, in the first consolation round. Huge matchup here, two rivals. Ticket trying to avoid another freak ball appearance, uh, but he wasn't able to get it done. It was the Minneapolis Mike Caputo's putting up an 132.72 victory to 109.16. Imagine if Nato would have been setting his lineup regularly like this. Uh, he would have been in the playoffs. He would have been a force. He's probably kicking himself in the ass. He could be playing in the semifinals right now. But instead, he avoided his freak bowl fate and his flight to Philly. Led by Jonathan Taylor, Calvin Ridley, and A.J. Brown combining for 70 points. Along with Allen Robinson uh, giving him 90 points with those guys. It was a, It was a performance by Nato that he's been waiting for for a long time. And it, it couldn't have come at a better time, though. You know, at this point... When you're in the consolation break, I've been here for the last six years. You're just trying to fight for your life, and that's exactly what Nato did. Ticket, I'm sorry, but Devontae Parker not putting up anything that hurts. Tyreek Hill, Montgomery, and Gusecki doing you justice. But then you have Deontay Johnson, Matt Ryan not getting it done. Uh, not a bad week for you. You know, the 110, that's going to win you a lot of weeks, but not this week as you played a, a Anato team that was going for blood. Big ticket. You talked a lot of shit this year. I respect the fire. You took me down the last week after I was clapping back at you. But yet again, here we are with Dan Fernandez, Vegas' son, in the Freak Bowl. The other matchup we had here was another huge matchup from one of the Wilton boys himself. Big Daddy for three, taking down Big Sam, 113.92 to 88.92. Big Daddy ending on a two-game winning streak. Going into next season, you don't want to play Big Daddy week one after coming off two wins of the following season. He's coming for blood next year. This was the first year in his career that he's never not made the playoffs. Uh, so I'm sucking him off a little bit. You know, I'm giving him a handy, whatever you want to call it. But he deserves some recognition. Big Daddy for three going into hot to next season. He's not going to Philly. And just like that, the freak bowl prediction that we all predicted Big Sam against Big Ticket, Dan Fernandez, Vegas. It's going to be a wild one next week. I mean, I could see – the funny thing is, is I could see either one of these guys liking going to Philly you know, and, and showing up. Ticket doesn't live here. Uh, he lives out on the East Coast, so that's going to be interesting. But Big Sam, as I said before, if he wins, I'm sure he's already planned out a vacation for it. Uh, we'll probably really never see him again if he takes his flight to Philly. Uh, but regardless, it's going to be an exciting Freak Bowl matchup. It's just what we predicted, or what I predicted the week one. You can hate me for it, Big Salmon Ticket, but we all saw this coming. I wish you guys both the best of luck going into your Freak Bowl championship. Going into the real playoffs here, the play, the games that count, the quarterfinal matchups. We had another rivalry matchup here. We had the Dotson bailouts bailing themselves out once again, but it was a Sexy bailout this time. It it wasn't a Hail Mary bailout. It was an awesome bailout, let's just say. 125.7 victory over Ethan Holman, who who placed a modest 104.16. Just wasn't going to get it done in the playoffs. Uh, bailouts came to play. You had Kelsey for 23, Aaron Rodgers for 30. That was th- that big trade uh, with Nick Fernow, really helping him out. Towards the end of the season. Kenyon Drake with the 15. He's been good lately. That's a solid performance for the bailouts. 
uh, who were playing for their lives. But as I was talking to bailouts earlier, he and I played for the Fig Cup, or not the Fig Cup, the Freak Bowl last year. It was the bailouts receiving the punishment as the saloons, or the companions at the time, escaped with their lives. But now we have the saloons and the bailouts in the Final Four. How the tides have turned, uh, it's good to see some improvement from our squad from our squads, you know, because we're getting hate from the league. It was embarrassing. We're trying to prove that we belong. And this year we did. Holman, I can't believe he made the playoffs this year. I'm, I'm, but at, at the end of the day, you're right. Holman never misses the playoffs. At 5-8, and eight, he was able to sneak in. But it was another first-round exit for Ethan Holman. As I predicted last week, I, I knew the bailouts were going to bring it this week. Uh, and Holman just didn't have it. You know, Ro- Roethlisberger just not going to cut it at quarterback right now. Keenan Allen was your bright spot with 15, but that was your highest score. Well, I guess Mike Davis was your highest score, 23.8, who's been solid. But just no real other production from anybody else um, on your team. So it was a tough week uh, to be a Holman. But at the end of the day, no punishment for you, Holman. You survived once again. And in our other matchup, we had a huge blowout. We had the 69ers featuring Nick and Madison destroying McGee's human centipede, 131.86. To 79.44. Let's just say the commissioner is trending up. And he's trending up just at the right time. Because he's going up against the matchup of his life. With the Sukun Saloons. The battle that we all wanted. That the league wanted. Going to be an insane semifinals. The leader of the the top of the East. Going up against the second. Well, I guess I was the top of the West. But Lebo took that over. But. A runner-up for the West. It's going to be a fucking battle. I can't wait to take on the commissioner. It's going to be a hell of a ride. You know, I've talked a lot of shit this year. I've been on your side. I've, I've been against you. But at the end of the day, it's going to be an awesome matchup. You know, I want to win so bad, Luke. I want to beat your ass. But at the end of the day, we'll see what commissioner team shows up. Will it be the new and improved commissioner? Or will it be the turning down commissioner? I can't wait to find out. It's going to be awesome. I'm so horny right now for this matchup. And it's already getting started tomorrow. Uh, with Austin Eckler playing for you as the Chargers take on the Raiders. So I'll be countering harder than I've ever countered in my whole life, as I'm sure you are too. So best of luck, sir. Nasser, you know, you survived the regular season. You made it to the playoffs. But at the end of the day, that voice in the locker room was just not there. Was, There's was always questions who, who led the locker room. And at the end of the day, we're just never going to know. But congratulations on making the playoffs. Not competing for the freak ball. No one wants that status. So next week, or this week, sorry. The final four. The preview. I already discussed the preview with Luke Boyd. The other matchup, the bailouts going up against. About that action. Two awesome semifinal matchups here. Both predicted to be super close. Uh, But here are my predictions. Luke Slash Kamish, you already know what my prediction is going to be. It's going to be it's going to be the saloons battling it out and surviving and making it to the championship. The saloons have fought too hard this year to lose to the Kamish. Now it's going to be a hell of a battle. Every playoff matchup is at this point in the fantasy season, but this one's personal. I'm coming for Mister Cali. I'm coming for you, and you're going to have to bring it. And I just don't know if you have that firepower. To compete with the saloons on the stretch, it's gonna be it's 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 gonna be the saloons in a battle. 130 to 124 final score is my prediction. The saloons move on.
For the other matchup, we have bout that action, and the bailouts almost projected the same. I'm gonna have to give the edge to the bailouts. I'm loving me some bailouts at this type at this time of the year. They're kind of that team that wins that first round. And you're like, shit, I do not want to play that team in the second because they're just like that that eight seed, uh, that Wichita State Shockers that just go all the way. And they've had a wild season. They start off zero and one, and then they go off five. They reel off five wins in a row to go five and one, then lose four in a row, and then win their last three games in the regular season, and then won the first game of the playoffs. The bailouts are hot. They're coming off a hot win. I don't know if about well, I know that about the action is going to give it all he has, and it's going to be close. But I'm calling a bailouts once again, bailing himself out in the last second, 121 to 119 victory for the bailouts. And those are my predictions for the Fick Cup for the Fick for the Freak Bull, I should say. It's going to be Big Sam receiving the Freak Bull this year. You know, he really just. He didn't have it this year. He made some questionable lineup decisions. Uh, but I think Big Sam, I see right now, actually, he did set his lineup. Okay, that's a start. He is he is projected to beat Ticket right now, but he has no tight end. But I think Ticket, you know, he put in the effort down the stretch a little bit too late. But I think it's enough to get him out of the free ball connection. And I think Big Sam, he's avoided it for so long. I don't know how Big Sam has never not won the freak before. It's his time. Big Sam, start purchasing your tickets now. You're going to Philly. That's all the time we have today on the Riddle Me That podcast. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. I'm planning for my life this weekend. I've never experienced a fantasy weekend like I'm about to experience. So many semifinal matchups. I don't know what to do. All I know is to stay positive, keep countering, and stay strong. Because you know what? At the end of the day... It's been an awesome season. I've enjoyed all my fantasy matchups. But it comes down to this. This is the witching hour. My life's on the line. The balcony's right on the other side of the door. Will I have to use it? We'll find out on next week's podcast. Have a good week, everybody. I'll see you guys next week. Riddle Daddy, he's out.